Hello and welcome to Checked Out. We're broadcasting from Euclid Public Library in beautiful Euclid, Ohio. I'm Jean Robinson, Interim Marketing Manager, sitting in for Casey Armstrong. And I'm Mike Stein, Assistant Manager of Adult Services. We talk about our favorite books, movies, and events with our favorite people and our favorite community. Each podcast features a theme. Today, we're learning about services available from the United States Social Security Administration. Our special guest is Brandon P. Smith, Public Affairs Specialist for the Social Security Administration. Brandon is a native Clevelander who joined the SSA in 2003 as a claims representative. He received a Regional Communicator Award from the administration in 2012. Among many other accolades, Brandon received a Deputy Commissioner Citation from Social Security's Office of Communication in 2016. Welcome to Checked Out, Brandon. Hey, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope we introduced you properly and correctly. I don't know if there's any more about uh, you that people should know. I mean, you could have mentioned my Nobel Peace Prize and <laughs> all the work that I do with with orphans throughout the world. But yeah, you, you stuck to the highlights. So I, I appreciate that. Well, very good. So well, let's start at the beginning. We know that Social Security was created in 1935. What exactly is a Social Security Administration? Yeah, like you said, we were essentially born August 14th, 1935, signed a law by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, started to pay benefits in 1937. Uh, the Social Security Administration is an independent agency of the federal government. We pay benefits to individuals. We administer the Social Security retirement, spousal, disability programs. We also administer the Supplemental Security Income Program. It's a needs-based program for people that are blind, disabled, or over the age of 65 with limited income, limited resources. And we, of course, issue the ubiquitous Social Security card as well, and people can apply for Medicare benefits through Social Security as well. So we, for intents and purposes, we are a social insurance uh, uh, federal program that pays benefits to approximately 65.2 million people as of December, to the tune of about $99.8 billion per month. For those who would like to pop by for a visit, where <laughs> are the local offices and what are your hours of operation? Yeah, I, you know, I'd like to chat with somebody who really wants to, uh, to pop by if that's your, your thinking of a good time. But uh, here in Cuyahoga County, there are actually eight offices available to serve the general public. Uh, our office is reopened for face-to-face -face interaction, including for those that don't have appointments in early April. The four offices on the east side are located. We have an office, the, probably the one that's closest to your branch is our Cleveland Northeast office. It's on South Waterloo, on the corner of South Waterloo and 152nd, off of 90 near the Cleveland Food Bank. We have an office in Beechwood on Parkies Drive. So if you're heading east on Chagrin towards Woodmere, you'll turn right on Parkies Drive. We have a Warrensville office, 18711 Miles Avenue. For those that are familiar with where the old Miles Drive-In movie theater used to be, it's in that general vicinity. And our Buckeye Shaker office, not too far away from my high school, Benedictine, is located on the corner 116th and Shaker Boulevard, just west of Shaker Square. I am based out of our downtown office. I work in the federal building. Well, I'm, I'm based in the federal building right there in the corner 
of East 9th Street and Lakeside across from City Hall, Public Hall, and the Galleria. Then if you want to take your talents across the river to the west side, we have our Cleveland Northwest office, which is um, it's on Lorraine near West 73rd, West 75th. And then in the suburbs, we have an office, Middlebrook Heights, Pearl, south of Bagley, across the street from Toman Funeral Home, a couple of blocks south of Krispy Kreme. And then finally, our Lakewood office on Detroit, across from St. James Catholic Church, next to a Dunkin' Donuts. The offices are open Monday through Friday to serve the public, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. We are closed on the weekends and on the 11 federal holidays. That uh, one near the... Food bank, I pass the food bank every day on my way to work. So that is very convenient to anybody that comes to Utah Public Library or the area. And so how do people contact you or the agency? Well, as I mentioned, you can come and see us Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. My, my running joke is, you know, if you live in Cuyahoga County, you know, you're point your car in almost any direction. You know, you'll eventually get to an office or you'll get to the lake. But um you people can also, of course, reach us online, our website, socialsecurity.gov. You can do a multitude of things on our website from applying for benefits. We have hundreds of frequently asked questions. You can create uh, online accounts to take care of some of your business. All of our publications are available on our website, socialsecurity.gov. And if you want to call us, we have a toll-free national number. It's 1-800-772-1213. That number of staff is staffed by representatives Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. So people can go online, socialsecurity.gov, toll-free national number, 1-800-772-1213, or they can visit the local office if they need to. I'm sure everyone has fond memories of the time when they got their first social security card and started working and enjoying being an adult, but what are some of the other services offered by the Social Security that maybe most people are not aware of? You know, I think a lot of people maybe aren't aware that they have the ability to check their earnings record. Because like you said, you, you know, you a lot of times you're young when you get the, the Social Security number, maybe you aren't really aware of what it's uh, its value or its usefulness is for you until you enter the workforce. You know, you'll used to see in a lot of sitcoms where a character would, uh, they, he, she, or they would be trying to get a, a car or an apartment. They'd get that first job. They'd rip open that first paycheck and they say, who is FICAN? Why they take so much out of my check? So you become aware of social security's impact once you start working. So people should know that, hey, once again, on our website, socialsecurity.gov, you can create something called a My Social Security account that can be found at socialsecurity.gov slash my account. And with this free account, you have the ability to track your wages to make sure that Social Security has the accurate information for you so that when it becomes time for you to apply for benefits, we have all the correct earnings information for you. Or, you know, you know if you unfortunately became unable to work, because of a physical, mental, or psychological situation, you would be able to pull up online, hey, look, if I do become unable to work, how much would I get in disability benefits? How much would my loved ones get in the event of my untimely passing? So that's some information. Every, every May or so around Mother's Day, we usually release the top baby names. And that's something, hey, you know, people are curious. Well, how does my name, you know, where does it rank, you know, with the, the popular names? I'm sure, 
you know, in Ohio when a certain basketball player from St. Vincent, St. Mary was uh, drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm sure there were a number of LeBrons that popped up in the area. So it, it lets you check the baby names per state, by gender. So there's a lot of good information that you can get from us other than just the social security number. How did that come about that the that social security decided to make that available? Well, it's information that we already have, um, you know, based on when people apply for the card and it, it just, it just sort of naturally, you know, fit with, with something that we would release around mother's day. And in all honesty, it, 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 it's really popular. It drives a lot of traffic to the website. It gets people sort of thinking about it. Like, look, I'm, I, I know I may look extremely youthful, but I'm 47. And if I didn't work for social security, I probably wouldn't think, a lot about it other than now that my parents who are baby boomers are collecting it, but it's just another opportunity for people to maybe go to the website and maybe start thinking ahead, like, well, wait a minute, you know, retirement, knock on wood will be here before I know it. Or maybe I do have a family member or friend who is unable to work for a variety of issues. Maybe I can get some information that could be helpful to them to be able to assist them with, you know, securing financial uh, assistance. So, you know, it's really a good uh, opportunity for people to, you know, go to the website, get some good information that might be helpful for them or their loved ones. I didn't realize that you guys were the ones that put out that list of popular names. I always like to read it because Michael is usually among the top. It was on the top 10 for years and years. So I was like, well, my name is uh, about the most popular there is. I think we, my name has dropped out of the top 10, but it's still up there. So I like seeing that list and didn't realize it came from you guys. And, uh, you were touching on a little bit about the uh, website, socialsecurity.gov. Uh, what do you recommend for somebody starting out with the website? What should they start with? What should they do on there? What would be the first steps to getting on that website? Yeah, so uh, maybe the, one of the first things that we would you know, suggest, if possible, that you know, people do create that free My Social Security account because we don't send out the annual statements to everyone anymore. Um, we only send it out automatically for people that are 60 and older. So if you're under 60, you probably haven't been getting that annual statement for a while because we stopped sending it out. So at least you can pull up the statement, you can read your information. We have all of our fact sheets, all of our brochures are available to our website. A lot of them are available in multitude of different languages. We can, you can download the audio for a lot of our publications. You can order publications if you need stuff in alternative media, large print, braille. We have a multi-language gateway on our website where you can get information in different languages. If you need to get more information about Medicare, you can get Medicare information on our website. It can link you to Medicare's website. Um, even if you're someone who says, look, I, I'm not going to apply online. That's just a bridge too far for me. You can get all the information online whenever you want to and then go apply, you know, online or in the office. You can or if you're someone who does want to apply online, my parents both applied online for retirement benefits. So people can apply for retirement, spousal, disability, Medicare, and in some cases, supplemental security income online, never stepping foot in an office. And that's convenient for a lot of people. You're busy, you're on the go, you may not have time to come into the office. You know, you can apply online Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. Saturdays, 5 a.m. to 11, Sundays, 8 to 11.30 p.m. So the hours in which you can apply online are gonna far exceed 
when you can go to the local office. And I I do want to say one thing about the local offices. As of this recording, if you do come to the office, you do have to wear a mask, regardless of your vaccination status. We are asking that people come into the office by themselves because you can only we can only have a certain number of people in our offices currently. So we're asking that you come by yourself or come with just one other adult. And if you don't have an appointment, please understand that it could be a bit of a wait. You know, if an office can have 15 people in your person, number 17, you may have to wait in your vehicle. You may have to wait outside until we can safely allow you to come into the office. And of course, if you wake up not feeling well, fever, cough, nausea, stay home, call us. We can do stuff over the phone. We can take care of you online, but we don't want you to drag yourself into the office if you don't feel well. You know, we don't want you to get sick or sicker. We don't want you to inadvertently, you know, get anyone else um, sick as well. So just, you know, if you're going to come to the office, just understand that you're going to have to wear a mask. And and we ask you to sort of, you know, just self-screen yourself for any symptoms. Well, I don't know if you can do this online or not, but what can a person do if they need a replacement Social Security card? or if they need to change or correct their name? Very good question. So if a person simply needs a replacement card, you know, no changes, nothing that needs to be altered, you can request a replacement social security card free of charge via the My Social Security portal, which would once again be socialsecurity.gov slash my account. If you need to make changes to your record, then you can still go to our website, socialsecurity.gov. You'll just hover over to where it says social security card. And what you can do is you can fill out the information on the website. You'll get a sort of a confirmation number and you have about 40 to 45 days to then go to your local office with the identifying information. When you're in the office, we'll pull up the, the information you fill out online to be able to finish the processing of your application. So if you are changing your name because of legal name change, marriage, divorce, if there's uh, uh, a gender related issue that you need to update or or change of the record or update or correct, then you can do that um, by starting the process online and then coming into the office, um, you know, with your marriage certificate or divorce decree or your legal name change documentation. So you can start the process online or you can do the entire process online you know, depending on your individual situation. What are some misconceptions people might have about Social Security? You know, I think the main thing is I think people may assume we know more about them than they really do. Um, look, I, you know, I'll be tactically honest. I was a, I have a communication degree from the University of Akron. So I'm really big on making sure the lines of communication are, are moving in both directions. You know, I say it's like dancing. Both partners have to be moving in rhythm for everybody to have a good time. And I want the public to really realize that, you know, when you're contacting Social Security, as much as you can, you want to be as clear and concise with what you're trying to accomplish and what documents you have so that we fully understand, you know, what's going on. We want to talk to each other, not talk at each other. Same thing if you're applying online. If you're applying online for retirement benefits, fully explain your situation. Hey, I'm going to make this amount of money, but I plan on retiring on this date. You know, sometimes people will fall into the trap of thinking, well, Social Security will figure it out. We may, we may, I mean, it, 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 it just sort of depends, you know, but as clear and concise as you can be with whatever you're trying to accomplish and what you want to do, the clear and more concise we can be with the answer. 
I say the other thing people really want to realize is that social security cannot offer specific advice. We cannot tell you what you should do. We can't tell you when you should take the benefits. We ultimately want to give you the information that will allow you to make the most informed decision for yourself. But whatever that decision is, that's really all up to you and whatever's in the best interest of yourself and your family and your financial and health related situation. Please, please don't use us as sort of de facto counselors or financial planners because that, that's not our place to do that kind of stuff. I remember getting my Social Security card when I was 14 and I thought it was so cool that I could get something that I knew my parents had. But is there an age limitation for getting a card or can a, even a newborn baby get a Social Security card? Theoretically, most people these days do get their card as a baby. There's something called enumeration at birth. So when you're in the hospital, and, and I, as a father of two, I got a 13-year-old son, 11-year-old daughter. They recently started school. They're both catching a bus. My wife said, stop going out there to make sure that they'll be fine. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You know, we filled out the paperwork when they were born and we got their cards about three weeks later. So I think most people, when they're applying for their cards, they do what's called enumeration at birth. They fill out the information at the hospital and that automatically, you know, that's the information sent to us. And then the cards are automatically uh, issued. Now, my children have no idea what their social security numbers are. And we don't, we we have the cards in a safe place. That's another thing. Social security encourages people to not carry the card with you at all times. There's probably no reason for you to have it with you at all times. When you come to social security, we don't ask to see the card. We need to know your number or we need to know the number of the spouse, ex-spouse, late spouse, children, whoever's records you're applying on, wherever you're applying for. But the Social Security card in itself isn't something that we would suggest people carry with them. Keep it in the safe place with your, you know, your marriage certificate, your birth certificate, your passport, your DD-214, which is your military discharge papers, all your other important documentation. The other thing you want to be careful is to not laminate the card because once it's laminated, a lot of entities will not accept it because once it's been laminated, you can't tell if it's been altered. And then the people will say, well, I laminated it to keep it safe. But the thing is, if you don't carry it with you at all times, it's probably going to be okay in that drawer or your safe. I know some people like to keep it in their basement where the millipedes are. Trust me, nobody wants to mess with the millipedes in your basement. So your, your social card will be safe down there. Yeah, I was just thinking I have the old beat up social security card that I've had for ages. Couldn't tell you exactly where it is right at the moment, but I was thinking, well, why don't I just laminate that? And I must never have done it because they probably told me way back when not to laminate it. Yeah, I didn't laminate mine either. I still have that card. Yeah. Yes. Good. Also told me, Good. Away, don't laminate it. Just I don't carry it. it with me. So <laughs> I just carried my wallet. So it got even more beat up than usual. But, you know, so that we got Facebook, we got Twitter, Instagram, now TikTok. The library's got a bunch of those. I'm on all those social media platforms as much as anybody. Does uh, Social Security participate in any of those? Should people be looking on social media for any information about uh, Social Security? And if so, where should they look? Yeah. So the, the, the funny thing is you'll talk to people and they say, I'm never online. And you say, well, what were you doing? Oh, I was on Facebook and Instagram all day yesterday. Uh, you were online. So if if someone, 
you know, maybe doesn't want to go directly to our website. You know, we, like most entities these days, we are on the socials as the kids say when they're doing the Macarena on the corner. So I just dated myself. So of course we have a blog, uh, blog blog.ssa.gov. That's it's called social security matters. It gives readers information about a variety of topics. Social security administration is on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. Most times our handles are going to be at social security. So if you're on Twitter at social security is our official, um, Twitter handle what they say, um, our, uh, you know, we're on YouTube, social security administration, uh, post videos on YouTube. We also have Spanish versions of our Facebook and our Twitter feed. Our office of inspector general has a Facebook page and a Twitter feed and a YouTube page. Um, you know, our press office is on Twitter. So our office of strategic and digital communications is on Twitter S- at SSA outreach. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, yeah, social security is there for people to get useful and hopefully timely information for themselves. Are you on TikTok? Brandon Smith is social security. Social security <laughs> um, well, you know, you never know what the future holds. Yeah. Um, so maybe someday a social security TikTok dance will be <laughs> I'm I'm on there a lot to make sure to see what my my kids are posting. You know, my, 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 my daughter's the the art, artiste, while well, my son's the the athlete. So you know, just what did you post? Okay, you didn't you didn't put our address on there. It was, it was, <laughs> or social security number, hopefully. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> they would have to know it first. So luckily, yeah. they you can't you can't share what you don't know. This is true. Well, this is so fascinating. I've learned a lot about Social Security that I wasn't even aware of. Is there anything else you would like us to know? You know, I would just, you know, encourage, you know, everybody to, one, where's your Social Security card? This is something that my uh, friend and colleague down at the downtown Akron office, we said this a couple of years ago on on a TV show that, you know, the, the the fire safety industry has done a really good job of encouraging people to check the smoke detectors at least twice a year when you change your clocks. This is not something that's endorsed by the Social Security Administration. This is just my um, rambling. But at least a couple of times a year, it doesn't have to be when you change your clocks. Try to lay eyes on or, or your hands on, if you can, your Social Security card. You, you don't want it to be a situation where you absolutely have to have it and you have no idea where it is. But if you can locate it at least once or twice a year and you know it's in a safe place, um, that's great. Now we understand that everyone's situation is different. Some people move a lot for a variety of reasons. But if you can at least, you know, locate it once a year, and if you don't know where it is, you can try to replace it as soon as you can so that you have it whenever you do need it. Definitely consider creating that My Social Security account so that you can pull up your information whenever you want to. Like right now, when I get off this call, I could very easily, you know, pull up my information on my phone just to make sure that Social Security, who I work for, has my correct earnings information. They better because they've been sending me the money. But, um, you know, it's it's just there's a lot of useful tools for people um, that they can access whenever they want to via SocialSecurity.gov or a toll free national number 1-800-772-1213. And then finally, as you mentioned, if they want to come on and see us, (laughs) we got eight offices to serve the public here in Cuyahoga County. Well, when I get home, I'll be looking for my social security card just for 
make sure I have it. And also to see what kind of shape it's still in after all these years. I don't remember the last time I used it, maybe when I got a passport a few years ago. So if it's sitting there, it's buried under a bunch of papers, but hopefully safe. Thank you very much for joining us from the Social Security Administration. Gene always gets the best guests and you were uh, great to have on today. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Like I said, uh, as someone who's had the, the pleasure of visiting your location over the years to when I was still reading hard cover books as opposed to ebooks or eating, you know, it's, it's, it's always nice to chat with somebody from the Yucca Public Library. Thank you. Come visit us again. And now the news you cannot use. Gene, we use the word glub to describe the sound of underwater bubbling as something is sinking. So it makes sense that a group of researchers wants to create a reference library of aquatic sounds and name it GLUBS, or the Global Library of Underwater Biological Sounds. According to TheGuardian.com, the scientists want to archive the boings a minky whale makes, a red piranha's drumming noise, the boop of a humpback whale, and even human-made sounds. Scientists believe all 126 known marine mammals make sounds, as do a thousand of the world's 34,000 known fish species. Some websites already host many different aquatic sounds, but GLUBS will be a one-stop shopping site enabling research and monitoring of underwater ecosystems. Speaking of underwater sounds, let's talk about fish. They say that if you teach people to fish, They'll eat forever. The North Ridgeville Public Library is putting that old adage to the test by circulating more than 50 refurbished fishing poles to the public. According to Cleveland.com, outdoor supply store Cabela's donated the poles. The library sits across the street from the city-owned South Central Park, making it the perfect spot to check out a pole and learn how to fish. Thanks for listening to Checked Out. We hope you will tune in again next time. You can learn more about Yucca Public Library by stopping in or going to our website, yuccalibrary.org.